house and then it became too much. And then I rented my first booth at 14 years old, unlicensed. I was actually viewed as an intern. The woman gave me a state board exam book, best thing she could have did. Cause I learned a lot during that time. But um, I was 14, so I was used to, you know, like working in a salon and then I became pregnant. And then I had my son and I was just like, well, I got to find something different to do. Like, I got to find another way because I can't be in the shop after school. Mm-hmm. Like, or, and then or not only not just being in the shop, some days in the shop as an entrepreneur, you may not make any money. Welcome back to another episode of the CVMK Show. Because it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm your host, Cody Vernon Marshall Kelly. It's the name CVMK, hosts with the most. And you're listening to the best podcast on God's Green Planet because I am the best podcast host. Look, we have an amazing episode. And one of the cool things about this episode is we're going to feature somebody who's really doing it. I'm talking about an entrepreneur who owns their own space, owns their own building is really blowing up the hair game here in Chicago. Somebody that can go from A to Z also has product. You know, a lot of people can do little, you know, I don't have hair, so I don't know. But they can do little things, little things with some hair, right? But are they really about the business? So we want to learn what makes this woman go, what makes her a super shero, because she is a shero. But look, guys, if you want to keep seeing amazing leaders like we have on a day, I need you to help a brother out. We're almost at 12,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're at 11.5. I need you to get me to 12,000. You know how you do that? Go to YouTube right now. Click the like button, subscribe, hit the bell for all notifications. I'm going to put it in the comments. Instagram, we're over 71,000 on the CVMK underscore global. That's for the supplements. But I want you to also blow up the other business page. It is what it is underscore show. And then CVMK. 33, we're almost at 10,000. That's how it goes down because we're growing this thing. Oh, this year, we're going to break. Shay, Shay, you in trouble, dog. I'm coming, dog. I'm coming. I am coming for you. I'm going to pause on that. <laughs> so, uh, we have an amazing show. When we get back, we have an amazing person after a quick word from our sponsors. Colleen! Hi, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you doing today? I am well. I'm well. I cannot complain about anything. Well, look, I'm super excited that you took time out of your busy schedule for us bald-headed creatures down <laughs> here. Um, you have skill, and I don't say that to, you know, just be saying it. Uh, women, if they don't like your hair done, they gonna let other women know, right? They yeah, women true. don't. Especially black women, they don't, you know, when they come about their hair, they don't play about that. That's right. But every experience from my wife to my mother, I've never heard anything negative. Your name is spoken in the gates, as the Bible would say, right? <laughs> so, first of all, tell us about yourself. Why did you go down this path? Because you could have chose anything, but why this specific calling for you? Well, um, a little bit about me. I'm uh, 42 years old. I'm an 80s baby. And 
back in the 80s, um, you know, when I was born, there was so many changes going on with black women's hair. Um, around, I want to say around uh, 85, 86, I would watch my aunt, my aunt Pat, do hair in her home salon. And um, I would watch like a hawk. I would sit on that crate and watch her uh, do my mother's hair. She would cut, weave. She would do all of these different things. And I was kind of just really, um, really drawn to it, you know. Um, for me, I think that uh, hair kind of like chose me. I didn't really choose hair. <laughs> and I say that it sounds funny, but I say that because um Again, I've, I've been doing hair over, I'm going to say around 30 years. I started really young because I, I would watch my aunt and I, just, I was just drawn to it. But um, something else really sparked my passion for hair. Um, I received a relaxer, you know, the kitty perm um, when I was about maybe about seven years old. And my hair didn't take well to it all. Um, I grew up in a household. My mother had big, thick, beautiful hair. My sisters had thick hair and the other one was like really curly. And my hair was just like limp and fine and fragile and didn't hold a style. So it didn't take well to my hair at all. And so um, I think being so interested in hair, in hair, uh, the, the transformation of it, and then um having my first relaxer at seven years old and it really damaging my hair. Um, it sparked a need for me to actually like my hair. Cause I looked in the mirror daily and did not like my hair. And so um, you talk about being bald headed. I mean, I wasn't bald, but I was known as the bald headed girl in the classroom. <laughs> sure. I was a child in the classroom whose hair was short Um my mother would do her best, of course, to to style it. She would even send me other places uh, to get it done. My aunt would do it sometimes, but she moved uh, shortly after that. She moved to Colorado. So I would. my mother would send me to different places to get my hair done, and I never liked it. I never liked it. Mm. So when I say hair chose me, um, I looked in the mirror as a little girl and knew, like, I could probably make my hair look better, you know, than the places my mom is sending me. Um, and so what I learned at that young age, just trying to do my hair and experimenting with my hair was that um, it was a true, like authentic form of expression for me. Sure. It was something that every time I looked in the mirror, I enjoyed looking at it. I liked it, you know, and I hadn't experienced that before going other places, getting my hair done. I look in the mirror and be like, it doesn't fit me, you know? So um, it started out as kind of like a confidence issue, look, looking at the, just not liking my hair. So yeah. deciding, well, let me try to see if I could make it look a little better. And then next thing you know, I became the person that, helped other little girls with hair issues, you know, fix their hair. Um, next thing you know, I was doing everybody's hair in the neighborhood because that creativity was flowing out of me that it was just, it was something that was already there. And I believe that 
uh, incident with my hair coming out and me just not like my hair really sparked that creativity. So, so from this trauma, you talk, you got this relaxer ended up just, you know, really damaging your hair. And from this pain, it created purpose. Yes. And the purpose of doing hair, I think purpose is great, but purpose has to be channeled. Like purpose, just has to be, you know, uh, energy just hanging out there in, in limbo, right? So yeah. how do you take this new, you know, found calling and say, I need to create a system that can create capital, right? Like, what does that look like? Because I, this is this is my pushback, you know, I, I don't know. I only watch what my wife allows me to watch, right? So <laughs> I see a lot of TikTokers and I see a lot of things. And I think now the, the, the uh, focus on hair, particularly women of color, their hair, black women specifically, their uniqueness and everything is starting to now become like in vogue, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's acceptable. And that's even debatable to some extent what, you know, our hair is. But how do you build infrastructure around that? For me, I'm just going to be honest. It was not necessarily a way. I didn't see it as a way to make money at first. Okay. Um, Going back to what I said, I didn't choose hair. It chose me. You know, I remember just really having like this passion and this fire for doing it to the point where I would get in trouble every single day, Cody, for having people in my mother's house doing their hair. And I was doing it for free, you know, and my mother would say, you know, I had an old school mama. She didn't want nobody in her house if she wasn't there, you know, to approve of them being there. So. I would literally do hair every day. I would sneak people in the house. It was crazy. Like, and then one day, you know, people would tip me here and there, but I never expected any money from it. Um, so one day my mother sat me down and she was like, Hey, you know, you must really enjoy this because I don't know nobody that crazy. That's going to get in trouble every day for doing the same thing, you know? And I explained to her, I said, mom, you know, it's the first thing I think about when I wake up and the last thing I think about when I go to bed. And so my mother actually um, began to support me in that area. She gave me some ground rules. All right, if you're going to do hair, it's going to be these hours. It's going to, it's not going to go past this time. Um, You can't, you have to go to school. You can't do it. This, you know, you can only do it these particular days. And it started there. And she began to invest in hair tools and things like that. Um, I was really young. So I always tell people my first salon was in my mother's den, you know. And from there, I realized uh, through my grandmother, my grandmother came over one Easter um, weekend and there were people leaving the beauty shops. And I was about 14 when this happened. And she said, People are leaving the beauty shops. You know, she said, um, they're paying top dollar over there and you ain't charging enough. You know, she said, it's time and a half now. You know, (laughs) they're coming over here and it's after six o'clock. Now the price is no longer twenty five dollars. You know, it's fifty dollars. You know, she began to show me, you know, how to actually make money off of it. And so I think uh, the point of me saying all of that is I think when you're doing what you're supposed to do, what you're passionate about, what right. your purpose to do, the money will come. It, it was never about money for me when I first started. Um, I like it. I think that's accurate. I think when you are when you know that you're called to do something, you're doing it for the right reasons and thus in turn, the right results 
follow. But I do want to knock on this because Mm -hmm. I think entrepreneurship is very difficult. Oh, it is. And (laughs) and we make it harder on ourselves. Yes, we do. Because, um, and I want to hit on this before I go to break, because I know we got a a while. So I got you. So we're going to get into it. But, you know, the cool thing about, and I know I wrote it as the last, but I'm going to throw it in the Mm -hmm. the front part. Um, When you start off doing something, and let's just say one person gives you a compliment, somebody else who just don't know what to do sees your compliment as necessarily their calling. Mm. My compliment had nothing to do with your calling. Yes. And you get copycat syndrome. I think the biggest hurdle to, not the biggest, but one of the biggest, particularly black entrepreneurship, okay, is copycat syndrome. In your experience, <laughs> you know, you start, and obviously, you know, anybody can do anything. It's not like you have a monopoly. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like you'd be like, dang. You know what I'm like, you ever had one of like, you know what? I feel different about that. And let me, right. let me let me tell you why. I just told you that at six years old, I was watching my aunt like a hawk. Yeah. I sat on that crate, right? All right. It didn't make me want to copy her, but it inspired me to do something I was already, that was already in me. So I don't, I haven't experienced someone just trying to do hair just because I'm doing it. Okay. However, I have experienced people being inspired to use their own creativity. Sure. Um, me personally, you know, I used to have assistants around. I used to hire people to help me do hair, like help shampoo and things like that. Sure. I pushed them. Because I've always attracted assistants that had a creative uh, creativity or had a creative edge or had a, a um, knack for doing hair. Yeah. So I preferred those type of assistants because it meant something to me that I had a person on my team that actually cared about the client as much as I do. So for me, I already seen in those people. Uh, the gift of creativity and the possibility of them taking it and actually running with it. So like today, I don't use an assistance because I realized all of my assistants probably gonna do hair because I attract those that are already interested in doing hair. And, you know, it, it does inspire just the way that I was inspired. So, I mean, the copycat syndrome, I get it. You know, a lot of people. Yeah feel like, oh, they're just doing it because I'm doing it. But I remember that was a time that I was copying somebody too. You know what I'm I saying? Get, I get you. All right. That's that's fair. I like it. I'm not, I'm not even going to push on that because I was going to be like, you know, I was trying to get my little catways, but I'm not even going to push I mean, I, listen, I yeah. do get though that there are people who feel like that's competition. And I don't think there's anything wrong with competition. No, no. It's simply because if you're the first to market something right or, or innovate something yeah and or you market this thing and you're the first to do it as soon as you do it there's going to be somebody else who copies it or whatever true but it keeps you on your toes like it pushes you to get even better at it or add a twist to it you know mm. um 
I remember, like I said, watching different people. My brother had this girlfriend um, back in the day, and she was like, uh, she was my friend, and yeah. she was very creative too. And she we she we ended up doing hair together, actually. But we had two different styles, you know. I was more concerned about your hair, which she was more focused on the weave. Now I could do weave because I watched, you know what I'm saying? I learned, but my strength is keeping your hair on your head growing. Right. While putting in weaves. So I think that, um, copies, you know, people want to know, is that a real thing? I don't know. I don't buy into it. I think that, you know, it's cool to inspire somebody else. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to inspire. Look, we could return. I want to get into it because, um, you know, the term alpha woman or boss lady is becoming like a, a common thing. What does that yeah. mean? What does that mean for you? Is there any type of negative, conf- uh, uh, not confrontation, but any negative, I would say, uh, coincidental truths, particularly in, in the realm of faith. So we're going to jump into it. You just have a good heart. Uh, but no, competition <laughs> does get you on your toes when we return. I think so. We'll be back with Carlene. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CBMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. Y'all, go to www.cbmkglobal.store. When you get to the page, on the left, there's a bar, three-bar icon. Click on it, scroll down to signature supplements. All the goodies are there. I want you to get the way. Comes in chocolate, best whey protein out, 110 cows, 25 grams per scoop. Nothing but whey protein isolate and digestive enzymes. You want to build muscle, you want to lose fat, it starts with your diet. Today, I did not take my pre-workout, Superpower or Warrior Thirst, because it was a straight cardio day, and I didn't need it because I wasn't doing any heavy lifting. But of course, when I do, I do Superpower or Warrior Thirst, primarily Superpower because I just like a little bit more edge <laughs> to it. But it's at www.cvnkglobal.store. I want to show you this. I usually don't bring this out. I developed this product. It's called Fight Beaties. I'm a type 1 diabetic. I wanted a product to help me manage diabetes better. It has the vitamin C, the bile to the magnesium, the zinc, the magnesium, chromium, banana bee leaf, Google, butter, uh, bitter melon, licorice root extract, cinnamon bark powder, uh, yellow flower, cayenne pepper, juniper berry, white mulberry leaf, uh, alpha lipoic, L terrine, all the things you need to help manage your diabetes better. I'm trying to help you stay here so we can focus on real prayer on the altar and not things that a dietitian and a treadmill can cure. www.cvukglobal.store. All right, so look, I boss lady. <laughs> I'm a boss. It has a negative connotation when you hear it, depending on how it's said. I'm a boss. Colin, you can actually say that. And I very, I don't. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> but, but, but I know you're, you love the Lord, so you're not going to, but when you hear it, right, from others who don't necessarily share that. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Like, if you hear, I'm a boss, does that mean like, so as a man, I'm not a boss? Like, what does that mean? You know what? I think, um, 
the perception uh, uh, is what you know of the term alpha, alpha female, or boss lady, or I'm a boss. Um, some can see it. I think it just depends on the individual. Like some can see it as a positive, and then some can see it as a negative. Like me personally, if 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 someone is implying um, assertiveness, like if, if they're referring to someone being assertive or having like great leadership, I think that's a positive way to look at it, you know? Um, however, if it comes across as someone thinking somebody is more like in dominance sure. or arrogance, then it turns into like a negative thing, right? Uh, so I just, I, me personally, I just think it depends on like context and and the individual's perspective like who's the, the person who's actually using the term sure. you know if you got a woman around you like you said as a man uh, is it that i'm not the man I'm, I'm not the boss and i'm a man you know it just depends on what energy is behind it sure you know i just <laughs> for you, I, just, you I, I can't see it as either or because Everybody doesn't share the same mindset. You know what I'm saying? That's true. That's true. For you, when you when you step into your space, right, as mm -hmm. head uh, of the of your business, as uh, an owner, salon owner, also a product maker, uh, female hair products, like the the role of being a CEO is complicated uh, because yeah. you juggle many different things. You're you're the head of marketing. You're the head of R and D. You're also the CFO, you know, and, you know, bag the groceries, whatever is needed to be done, you do. Um, what do you think for yourself has been some of the most difficult challenges as far as taking it to the next level? Um, as you stated, it does come with um, uh, a lot of, of, of different responsibilities. Um, I think for me, I've had to learn about not really being pressured into making a decision. That was one of the biggest things that I used to really struggle with, like the pressures of making decisions, you know, because it's, it's going to backfire on me, whatever decision I make, you know, uh, I always say I'm a one man band. Like you said, you're in charge of everything. And so um, it, just, it was like a burden sometimes to make a decision. Uh, so that was a struggle that I feel like I have gotten over in all the years that I've, I've owned my salon now. Um, going on 14 years, I've had different stylists come and go, you know, and now I'm in a space where I'm back in the salon by myself and I plan to, you know, get a larger space and I'll be managing people again. Um, so that was another thing, leading a team. That's a struggle because you have all of these diverse personalities. Uh, me personally, I, I've always ran a, um, a booth rental salon. So everybody's pretty much independent contractors. Yeah. And so people are, as an independent contractor, you kind of run your business how you want, you know? Um, so I found that when you're 
leading a team, but not necessarily leading the team because they work for themselves. They just gotcha. pay you to rent the booth. That was a struggle. So I think my next salon will be like a commission-based place where I'm paying them to, <laughs> uh, mm. so that I could make sure that everything is um, flowing. You know, the brand is all flowing and is representing the company in a way that I think, you know, that it should be going as the leader. Um, so that was a struggle, just managing people with uh, all of these different personalities and different beliefs and yeah. some being more professional to, than others or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead. I like it. I like it. You, The personality aspect is, I think, always a... It's always present in mm -hmm. no matter what setting. Personality yes. is what it is. Um, we mitigate that through innovation, right? You mm -hmm. said in the next phase, probably more commission-based structure. This is, you know, mm -hmm. through innovation. How has technology uh, affected the hair industry? You know, like that was going to be my next point. Well, now, part of it. Go for it. Go for it. So, for me. What, what I've noticed is um, public image has been uh, one of the challenges as a CEO, especially having this social media age. You got to be careful what you say. You got to be careful what you put out because you are representing your brand. You are representing your company. So um, just the age of, of, of social media puts you under scrutiny. You know, um, when it comes to how you should present yourself or what you should post or what you should not post or what you should post more of or um, like my thing right now, what I'm, I'm I, we spoke about this where I'm trying to make sure that I am showing up online and things like that. Right. However, when I post a video or a picture of my work, I don't use filters. The reason I don't use filters is because I don't want to mislead any customer. I want the customer to actually be able to see the work and know that this is the authentic quality of the work. I'm not right. polishing up the picture or, right. you know, using these different filters to make the video or the work look better than it actually is. And so for me, I kind of get a bad taste in my mouth when yeah. I look at. Um, call them out. Call them out right now. Well, you know, it's nobody to call out. Oh. I, it's, it's really nobody to call out because I'm not really in tune like that. I'm, I'm just being it. honest. I'm not really in tune like that because sure, sure. I'm just really trying to get into the social media thing. I'm, yeah. I'm an old school hairstylist. I still like to have my feet hit the ground and shake hands and talk to people and, yeah, yeah. you know, get just pass my information, take a phone number, give a phone number. You know, I still like that. Um, so this is all new to me it's kind of new age <laughs> uh, if you ask me so um I, I i get a little bit disturbed when you have clients that come in and they're like oh are you going to do such and so to my hair and i'm like no that's not my process oh because i was watching youtube and the young lady on youtube said don't do this do this and i'm like hold on youtubers are not necessarily licensed and that cannot compare to my license. Like I've studied this, I've put in the work, I got hours, like <laughs> I'm state board certified. So <laughs> you can't, you, nobody can come to me 
Yeah. Tell me what the YouTubers are doing, especially if they're not licensed. Now, there are some licensed, qualified hairstylists who are giving great advice out here, but it's so much right. misinformation out here on social media and platforms like YouTube and everything like that, where people are just taking it in and then they come in to challenge the professional. And that's a no, no, I don't, I don't, you know I what it is. And that's, I think you hit upon it. And that's why you need to have your own YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, right now we're living in, in an age where it's not about truth It's about whoever can make the most noise most mm. frequently. So it's consistency and fervor. So if I say, Two plus two equals five. If I say it loud enough with more effect, with a filter, and I keep saying it, yes, you know, some idiot out there is going to really think <laughs> two plus two really does equal five. That's the danger of social media. It's not that we should shy away from it because it is a tool, but it needs to be seen as a tool. The problem is when you haven't been exposed to truth, you confuse the tool for truth. Yes. So they've never really been to a shop. Like I used to yeah. have to go to a beauty shop, have to go with my mom. Yeah. Then all day Saturday, mm -hmm. be blown, be put in the corner in the kids' corner. Yeah. The women <laughs> were talking about something wild and I had so to, you watch, go over there, go be with yeah, the kids. Watch, yeah, waiting to exhale a thousand times. I'd be like, what the hell? You know, so like it that was an experience. If you've never experienced that, you know, you're gonna be like, what should this look like? So yes. YouTube is your only point of reference. Um, that's true. Here's what happens though. When you go against now, I say, now I'm going to create the new wave of truth, right? You have to combat it with consistency. And this is something that, you know, I've been really for myself on, like, I gotta be, I gotta be on it. You know, even when I'm dog tired, I need to be out here with Colleen talking because people need to yeah. understand where it's coming from. And that, and that leads me to this is, you know, you've done these things, but you also did it within the context of a family. You didn't do it, you know, siloed. A lot of people yeah. think you have to give up family for a dream, that you can't have both. Mm -hmm. And on full honesty and transparency, you've been married a while, you have kids, mm -hmm. you're, congratulations, you're expecting again. Thank you. Um, before that, I'm gonna give you a break because I would have okay. got to a break. I would have asked you, how did you do it <laughs> with a family? Uh, but we'll cut to a quick break and then I'll be back. <laughs> I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower pre-workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then dish your current pre-workout and get the Superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. Y'all, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. You want to shout better? You want to praise God fast? You know, when the praise is, come on, you can't keep up. You know why? You don't have the energy. You don't have the zoom. You're only going to get that type of power with superpower. Because you can have Holy Ghost, but if you got to move a 400-pound body, you ain't going to be moving that fast. So superpower, www.cbukglobal.store. Okay, so you did it while managing while being a wife, being a mother, how did you do this? Well, let me just say this. It did not always start. It didn't start where I was able to like to truly manage it. Gotcha. We got like, I'm a mother of four, but remember I was a teen mom. I had my first child at 16 years old. I was still living with my mom. Just really 
getting into my love and passion for hair. Um, uh, back little backstory, you know, like I told you, I was doing hair in my mom's house, and then it became too much. And then I rented my first booth at 14 years old, unlicensed. I was actually viewed as an intern. The woman gave me a state board exam book, best thing she could have did, because I learned a lot during that time. But um, I was 14, so I was used to, you know, like working in a salon, and then I became pregnant. And then I had my son, and I was just like, well, I got to find something different to do. Like, I got to find another way because I can't be in the shop after school. Mm-hmm. Like, or, and then or not only not just being in the shop, some days in the shop as an entrepreneur, you may not make any money. So I was looking for something more stable. And I got a little part-time job after school. And I would go um, at four. I had to be there at four and I would get off at nine. And after like the first two weeks, I knew like, this is not going to work. I'm, I've been going away from my baby all day. And the money was like so little that I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. So I quit that job and I decided to go back into my mother's home to do hair. And so I still was just part time. But my mother, my sisters were a huge support in that they helped me to figure out uh, that balance. And then after I graduated high school to go to hair school, my mother worked nights so that I can go to school in the morning and do a little hair after school. So I wasn't balancing it by myself. And then at some point it became, uh, there was a time where my mother's shift uh, switched. So then I had, um, my kids at my son at the salon with me sometimes and then my boyfriend at the time current husband he would step in when he's done with work and come get my son and i had no real schedule because the the purpose at this time to make money because now i got a son and i got to pay booth rent and i got to pay tuition at school so i have all of these responsibilities and so but now the focus is you got to earn some money you have to have an income so uh, it was quite a struggle. Um, I had my second child at 20 years old. And so now I got two kids. And honestly, it was really tough for me to actually complete school. I went to, to cosmetology school at 17. So straight out of, uh, out of high school, you know, I started at Truman very briefly. Um, we were living west when I started. And then um, we moved south like right after graduation. And so I was taking like a two hour and 15 minute train and bus ride up to Truman. And I was passing this small cosmetology school every day going. So I decided to drop Truman and just go to cosmetology school. And all of this, I now looking back, all of this was just a part of the, the path, you know, but um, back to being able to balance, I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for my support system for my mother my sisters, um, my now husband, um, helping me out, stepping in. And that was my first set of children. The second set of children, say fast forward nine years later, I got married in March. I opened my business in July and I gave birth to my third child in November, all in the same year. That is when I knew that I did not want things to be the way it had been 
Sure. I did not want to raise my next, my, I was older now. I was in my, well, I was 29. So I did not want to raise my child in the salon or with that, just that busy, hectic lifestyle. You know, I now have a husband and my, my uh, older children, they were getting older. And I just, I have been praying about it. Like, Lord, I need a new strategy. I need something different. I need to figure this out because I was not exposed to, um, a professional salon setting, if you will. Sure. You know, I was, I was, I was exposed to a shop culture. That's just where you you make all your money. You take walk-ins. You do as many clients as you can, and you, you remain available to your clients. That's right. that was the culture um, that I was exposed to straight out of out of uh, hair school. And so um, it wasn't until maybe like a year and a half before. I actually opened my own place and I worked in a salon where I was the youngest operator there. And every stylist that worked there, including the owner, they started at 6 a.m. and they were done by 2. <laughs> I was the only one that started at 10 a.m. And the earliest I would get done was 10 p.m. And the latest was probably like 2, 3 in the morning. And that, and that was crazy. And I was just looking around me like... How am I still here? And everybody else is, go, is going home and they grown, their kids grown. I still got little kids. I have to figure something out to change. And I just ask God for that strategy. And I, I thank God for just that shift because um, I don't, I no longer work like that. I work three days a week, you know? So now I've just gotten to that point in my thirties and now forties that I've been able to balance it and how I've been able to do that is just being really intentional about my time. Um, I know how to cut off that. I have a cutoff point. I serve my clients one-on-one. -on -one. I have a tight schedule. I don't do same day appointments. I don't do walk-ins. Who's ever on the books, that's who's getting serviced. Sure. If you're not on the books, I got to schedule you sometime down the line. Um, I'm very intentional now about my time. And making sure that uh, I am getting off at the appointed time so that I can get home to my family and um, do what needs to be done there. And and that's been the way that I've been operating for the last 13 years. I like it. I, I And you definitely hit upon it. Um, having a strategy, focusing on what's really important, i.e. time, understanding that, hey, I'm a person that runs a business, you know, just showing up to be showing up, you know, does me no good <laughs> because you're taking the one thing I can't get back. Um, I think that is absolutely brilliant. Here's, here's my nugget. Uh, be intentional with your time nuggets. I agree with you. Hello to you. So hey, <laughs> when, you know, you, you mentioned everybody stepping up and shout out to Auntie Doll. Yes. Um, yeah, shout yes, out to Auntie Doll. Do it. <laughs> I feel like everybody has an Auntie Doll story if you went to yes. at any point in time. Um you have been blessed to have the support mm -hmm. of your ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody in some way, shape, or form has really stepped up and thrown their weight behind you. Absolutely. Um, Maybe some people have not had that opportunity. Yeah. Right. Like as as a, as a as a leader, as someone who has, you know, evolved and has seen it on this end, has gone to different you know shop cultures and has opened up there and and developed product. Like, what would you or how? What type of advice would you give to somebody that says, "Man, I just I don't 
feel the support, right? What would you say to that person? Well, I do believe that I've also been divinely supported. Gotcha. Like, whereas um, re- really relying on that life path, like knowing that this is something that God called me to. Yeah. And for me, that's why I, that's where the support came from. Just believing like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And by any means necessary, I'm going to make it happen. I know that my family helped me because I was helping myself. They mm. saw me striving, making yeah. it happen. And that's to me what made people step up. But for a person that feels unsupported, I would just really encourage them to find their tribe find there are people who want to support you whether there's a person that you don't even know and they're your they're a child care provider like say for instance my sister Shalandra who's a child care provider but she also nannies on the side yeah Yeah. and her thing is well I want to be a help to those who need child care outside of child care. Like you have to find ways to be able to push through, find the, find your tribe, talk to people, say what the issues are. Cause sure. a lot of us are too proud, you know, to say, Hey, I need help. I agree. I think finding your tribe is, I think that's the next step. Um, yeah. It's a hard step, though. Can it's hard. Honest? It's hard. Honest, you are born into a tribe that may not necessarily Support, yeah. want you, like you, appreciate you. Jesus mm-hmm. said the best, a prophet is without honor in his own home. Mm-hmm. So to find this extension, right, this community that can wrap themselves around you and get you and, and allow your dream to come about is difficult because a lot of us, I think are fearful. Mm-hmm. We're That's fearful true. of rejection. We're fearful of time. Maybe I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. maybe 10 years ago, five years ago. And I also think it's a fear of other people's expectations. Something oh, in 2023 yeah. happened to me. I no longer care <laughs> about other yeah. people's expectations. I said, if it ain't April and it ain't Jesus, I really can't right. last. Right, right, that's right. You're right. You and know, you have to get to that point. Well, but there's only really two voices that matter in my head. I'm like, but you really have to get to April. that point. That That's the point that you have right. to get to where you understand, okay, this is something I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I'm divinely supported. God that's is going to make a way for me to get to where I'm trying to go. That's why Paul, PJ, and Naya was at the shop with me sometimes when my mama couldn't do it, when my sister couldn't do it, when my husband wasn't available to do it. All of them working and, you know, doing life. They were with me. You know, you just do what you have to do and let God do the rest. That's true. And finding your tribe, like you said, it's a hard step because you don't trust everybody. You're not comfortable saying, hey, I need help, you know? Mm. Uh, so like you said, that fear of rejection is set in and, and uh, all of those uh, other things that make you feel like I can't do it. I, I say never think of it as you can't do it. <laughs> you got to kind of create that workability. And it may not look like the advice I can give you. 
You know, right. it may not look like what somebody else. You know, I, I just I don't I don't have any other advice but to say, look to God to set up to set up that network for you, set up that that tribe. Yeah, I'm telling you because that's that's what did it. I got I I remember calling my father to tell my father that I was expecting my second child. And I was 20 years old and he said to me, you know, you may want to rethink your career. I wasn't doing very well in my career. I was struggling to finish school. I had one child already and I was still trying to build that clientele. You know, I had clients, but sometimes it was slow. So I had money sometimes, sometimes I didn't. Well, he said, you may want to go back to school get a real education and get a real job hmm. that hit me like a dagger to my heart. Like it made me feel like he didn't believe in me. You know, sure. um, it was, it was hard, you know? And I, I said to him, I said, well, dad, you know, I don't do what works for other people. I do what works for myself. And I said, you know, I appreciate the advice. I said, but I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, do. I said, so thanks for the advice. I got off the phone with him. I bawled because I didn't call him for him to shoot me down. And that wasn't his intention, of course. His intention was to give me some advice, to help me make some more money. Like, you got to go do something different because your money ain't adding up, you know. <laughs> but I believed yeah. that I was going to do what God has shown me that I was going to do that I would be successful in this. And I believe wholeheartedly that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And so I watched doors open up, sure. you know, just when I thought things were going so bad, I watched doors open up. I watched, you know, different opportunities come, you know, uh, I didn't share this with you earlier, which I was supposed to, but I've had opportunities to work on movie sets. I got a couple national ads out there, but I have, I got a um, music videos I've worked on. I've styled for the Grammys. Like I've done some great things. What if I had given up Cody just because it didn't look like it was working out? You know, what if I had stopped? Yeah. And then making the decision to give my, my gifts and my creativity and my business back to God, just really making a decision like, Lord, I want this, this business to be everything that you would have for it to be, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. God has sustained my business. Sure. He has sent the right people, you know, it's more than just, it's more than just a hair transformation. So that's that divine support. Like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, God can use that. I get you. I want to, I want to go this and I know we're, we're coming to a close. I want to talk about um, overcoming gatekeepers. I think gatekeepers <laughs> is a real uh, thing. And I think it's a real thing. in just life, not just, you know, it is. <laughs> uh, so when we return uh, from this uh, new break, we'll see how this video goes, we're going to hit gatekeepers. <laughs> Flexing. 
Shoulders and back workout. That's a wrap. Two hours in. Superpower works the whole way through. Keep you going. Lock in, man. Good choice. Superpower. All right, yo, shout out to my trainer. Uh, that's Malcolm. Everybody wants to know, you know, what are like, yeah, I mean, I have a trainer, of course, but shout out to one of Chicago's best out there. But he uses Superpower. You know why? Because it's the best we workout out there. www.cvkglobal.store. I'm telling you, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put y'all on game. You're not listening to me. Superpower. www.cvkglobal.store. All right, gatekeepers is a real thing. Gatekeepers yeah. make life hard unnecessarily. It's like you have these individuals that have information and they refuse to share it and they block. They're like they're like King Saul's and they're not bold enough to kill you, but they're not going to help you either. And they're almost just as bad as the enemy. Right. I you know, you asked me, you was like, you know, Cody, you know, what do you use? Uh, for you know some of the ads and stuff and the, the creativity you put together, I shared it with you. I didn't even I didn't immediately. Even think about it. I didn't yeah. even think about it. I was just like, yo, this is what I use. This software is how I do it because I'm not a gatekeeper. Because I right. didn't. It took me forever to figure this out, and like nobody would talk to me. Yes. How are you managing, or how have you managed getting past the King Sauls in every aspect of your life, from this yes. to ministry? <laughs> so. That's a great question because I, I always have had that issue where it's like, I'm open. I'm open book. You ask me something, if I got it, I'm sharing it. Even if you don't ask me and I know you could use it, I'm sharing it, you know. But I've always had and ran into the issue where you go to someone that you see is doing the thing that you want to do or the thing that aligns with you know where you're going and you go to them and you ask them and they give you like the oh i had to work hard for this i paid x amount of dollars and i mean you know i can't just share that information (laughs) and i'm like oh okay i'm going through that being in the game 30 years Mm -hmm. i have had to fail at so many attempts mm. to learn things for myself so that I can pass the information on. I believe that um, each one teach one. I believe in you. what you learn, you teach. You know what I'm saying? That's just my personal thing. Um, how I've dealt with it is ask anyway. Keep asking because there's going to be one person yeah. that's like me. They say, oh, you know, I don't let it make me feel like, well, I can't ask nobody because ain't nobody, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody saying nothing. Ain't nobody. I just, I just keep asking if there's something I don't know. And then, you know, of course, uh, researching and learning and reading for yourself is definitely, you know, first and foremost. Um, But if you see people that are doing what you want to do, you can't let the, the, the rejection or, you know, them shutting down. Um, make you feel like it's not worth asking. That's true. That's true. I like yeah. it. I, I just feel like, and then again, we talked about a tribe. You need a tribe in every area. So I actually, uh, in 2020, hmm. there was a uh, a group that I became a part of, um, hairstylist called Bring It to the Table. 
And that was the first time that I felt like I was, and that's, and we talking about just four years ago, 2020. Right, right. First time out of all this time I've been doing hair where I was around other hairstylists that wanted to openly share things and receive from people in the industry that, you know, that are doing different things or whatever. And so um, that was a blessing. It, 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 it showed me that those type of people do exist. Everybody's not a gatekeeper. I mean, there were several stylists that came together on a monthly basis just to share what they knew. We talked about retirement. We talked about the union. I mean, we talked about so many things that nobody's talking about in this industry. Yeah. Um, and these are, th it took a while for me to find it, you know? Sure. But these are things that I have had questions about to older stylists. Some, and then let's be real. Some people don't, they don't um, necessarily know the things that you're asking about either. It's true. You go to some people and you think they may know more than you because maybe they've been in it longer or they're older. Yeah. And you find out, well, they, they just don't know. But then you have those that you see they're doing doing the thing that you actually want to do and they're withholding the information. So I personally have gotten over that by continuing to be on a quest for that knowledge, whether yep. it from someone, um, studying, reading, you know, finding out, researching for myself, and then making sure that I'm putting that out there. Like I'm not being a gatekeeper because, you know, you attract. What you what you want? That's true. You get it back. So that's true. That's true. I enjoyed it, Ellen. You have been absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you, Cody. No problem. Where you know where? Give a shout out. What are you working on? Where can they book an appointment? What new projects, products you have rolling out? Where can the people connect with you? Well, on Instagram, you can connect with me at H2P Salon Studio. The same on TikTok, H2P Salon Studio. On Facebook, I'm just Carlene Clay Smith. And um, I'm currently working on, um, told you guys I'm expecting a new baby. So I'm working on sh really shifting my career into education um, so that I can not work as much behind the, the, the chair. Um, so I'm, I'm working on a beauty supply store and like a learning institute. It'll all be in one building where you can get beauty supplies, get your hair done, and I'll be hosting some classes in there too. So that's what I'm working on uh, this, this, com this year. Hopefully everything is up and running by the end of 2024. Um, as far as new products, I do have um, a couple uh, new products that I'm going to be introducing soon. Um, one of them being a male line for uh, your skin. I have a hair and body butter now that it smells very sweet. So now I want to kind of change the fragrance to make it more friendly because the guys really love the hair and body butter, but it smells too sweet. So I'm going to be changing the fragrance on that. And um, I'm just really excited because I know that there's more that's going to come from that. You know, there's more that's going to come uh, within the product lines so, because I'm doing a little bit revamping as well. So there you have it. Y'all can have a Carlene. Hit her up on the gram. H2B Salon Studio. Hit her up on Facebook. 
Get the body cream men out there. You know, when you get done working out, your hands look like T-Rex hands like mine. <laughs> you need something uh, to help you get back on track. And if you want to keep seeing amazing leaders like we have on the day, you know what you got to do. YouTube. I should play the video for you. You know what? I'm going to play the video for you. Let the video explain, and then I'll be back. Hey, what's up? It's CVMK33. Look, I want you to subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Subscribe here, 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 everywhere, so you can get the latest and greatest of this podcast content. Stay tuned. YouTube at CVMK, one word, four letters. Instagram, it is what it is, underscore show. CVMK underscore global and CVMK33. And the best supplements, y'all. If you go to GNC, if you go to Walgreens, and if I see you go to any of those stores and have a conversation with me, I'm going to slap you in the spirit. I don't mean like I'm going to slap you, but don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to me, cause I didn't, I didn't, I didn't not cuss you out, but I didn't thought about it. www.tvkglobal.store. I want to thank my guest, Colleen, is absolutely amazing, and I'm not just saying that. I'm look, uh, my wife tells me everything, and my mama tells me everything. <laughs> Women don't lie. So right. If you can't do, the hair, <laughs> if you can't do hair, you go, you gonna be. That's a conversation. That's a long ride home. So yeah, she she's worth the support. She's worth it www.cvkglobal.store. And until next time, guys, thanks. Thank you. If you think exercise alone got me looking like this, well, think again. CVMK Global Super Thick got me right. I'm obsessed, and yeah, I won't stop talking about it because it helped me grow in all the right places. Its creatine provides a fast and reliable way to increase your power, size, and shape, and it's scientifically proven to help you reach your physical goals in a safe, controlled manner. So if you want to increase muscle size, pump, and thickness in your muscle groups, you need Super Thick.